0: you would just stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to be uh, reading from Amos chapter 5, verse 1 through 17. Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen no more to rise is the virgin Israel, forsaken on her land with none to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, the city that went out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which went out a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, and do not enter into Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and it devour, with none to quench it for Bethel. O you who turn justice to wormwood, and cast down righteousness to the earth, he who made the Pleiades and Orion, and turns deep darkness into the morning, and darkens the day into night. Who calls the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth? The Lord is his name. Who makes destruction flash flash forth against the strong, so that destruction comes upon the fortress? They hate him who reproves in the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone. But you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine, for I know how many of you, how many are your transgressions, and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe, and turn aside the needy in, in the gate. Therefore, he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord. In all the squares there shall be wailing. And all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmers to mourning and to wailing those who are skilled in lamentation. And in the vineyards they shall be wailing, for I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated.
1: If you would bow with me. Father, we pray for wisdom and clarity and understanding and hearts that are um, able to see. We know that only your spirit can help us understand and comprehend um, what you have for us and and how we need to change in light of your word and your message. And uh, we pray we would take seriously your word and that we would not uh, uh, push it away or Or push it down so that it's not before us. We pray that today. We pray that you would do that in our hearts and in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. So we've been talking about Amos, and we said God does care about what is going on in the world, and he cares uh, even more so about what's going on with his people. And uh, he's speaking here to Israel that's both a national entity, a nation, but also uh, you have uh, with Israel it, the, the whole of their religious expression and, and, and their knowledge of God and all of those things. Uh, it is different than America. So you say like we are a part of a nation, uh, the um, America or the United States of America, and we are a part of the church, which is not tied to a nation. And so there's some distinction between us and Israel, and we should kind of recognize that and understand that. Now, in the history of Israel and the life of Israel at this time, uh, as we've said, they were strong, they were wealthy, and they were very religious. Those three things, strong, wealthy, and religious. And so, uh, if I said to you, uh, are you strong, wealthy, and religious? And you said yes. Uh, do you think that tells us that God is pleased with you? And you might say, well, yes, of course. God must be pleased with me. I'm strong, wealthy, and religious. And then Amos comes in and says, you're dead. Spiritually dead. You're about to be physically dead. And you're like, what? How does that work? I thought if you were strong, wealthy, and religious, that God would be pleased. That doesn't seem to line up. With the way that I think about things with God. Now it is important to say, uh, are there times when uh, the Lord has made us strong and He has blessed the work that we've done and he, he, and we, our hearts we, we do uh, do the right things with regard to to worship. and is it always that God would be displeased with us? No, but in this case he is displeased. Now we're going to find out why he's displeased. It's like when Jesus, the, the people were uh, tithing mint, dill, and cumin, they were tithing that, and and, and they thought that, that was it was then okay to like uh, beat down their elderly parents or whatever. And so he says like, uh, I didn't tell you to stop doing what you're doing, but if you think that by doing those things, those lesser things that you can neglect the greater things, you got it all wrong. That's kind of. Does that make sense? I think it's important to kind of get it in your head. It does not mean uh, that every time that you're strong, uh, prosperous, and these saying, he's just saying, I can see behind what you think is your external kind of your facade. I can see besa- behind uh, the facade and pull back the curtain and see really what's going on. They were self-centered. They were self-centered. Instead of God-centered or other-centered. It seems like the stronger that they became, the more self-focused they became. And you will see people like that sometimes and you're like, the stronger they become, uh, the more self-focused they are. The more they're like, okay, when I think of my life and they have a long list of all the needs that they need to have and they become more and more self-focused and you say, what is up with that? Well, that's sometimes what happens when someone is very prosperous in the sense of like doing well in life, they become more self-centered. And the more they hear people celebrate them and say things like, uh, the community loves you, mommy and daddy love you, even though you're adult, uh, your workplace loves you, your school loves you, even the church loves you you start to think, of course they do, and God loves me, right? And Amos is saying, well, hold on just a second. Just because you're celebrated by everybody in your life does not mean that God says you're doing right or you're doing well. And so then you have to say, well, in what way am I doing wrong? I feel so great about myself. Well, Amos is going to say, I'll show you one of the areas uh, where you need to consider Okay, so uh, that's where we are today. He is God's mouthpiece to speak into the life of those who have great privileges but have forgotten with great privileges comes great responsibility. He is speaking to those who have taken their privileges and used it for self-centeredness. So the more power, the more money, and the more religious kind of things going on with them, uh, the, the less and less they're about other people, and the less and less they're about God. And so, here's what's going to happen. Amos is going to say, here's all you need to do. Seek God and live. You just need to really seek God. That, that's the big thing. The problem with you is that you're not seeking God. Everything that you are doing, everything is about you. Everything, Even your relationship with God is about you. Your relationship with your wife is about you. Your relationship with your children is about you. Your relationship with the work that you do is about you. Everything's about you. You need to seek God. You've never sought God. You only think of God when you want to make sure that your life is, turns out great you don't really want God you want your life to be good and so God is a means to get your life good your wife is a means to get your life good your children are a means to make sure your life is good and your work is a means to make sure your life is good the biggest issue with you is that you don't seek God and God can see that and all of your religion will not cover up what God can see. That's kind of what Amos does. So, today's kind of big idea is seek God and live. So, here's kind of an interesting thing just to think about. When the prophets came in and spoke to people they were never, um, most of the time they were not that responsive corporately to the prophets. They just didn't like them that much. When Jesus came and spoke to the Pharisees, that were all the things we've been listing, they didn't like Jesus that much. Amos gets run out of town. Jesus gets crucified on a cross. Is that Makes sense like how that kind of and so you'll see that in the gospels as you read them now uh this week i read something and the guy uh illustrated it by talking about an episode from the andy griffith show have y'all watched andy griffith some of you here some of you haven't my kids have because i forced them was like do you want to watch the greatest tv show ever known to man no but there are some amazing things with the andy griffith show and i I think it is interesting, but on one occasion, Sheriff Andy Taylor and his deputy Barney Fife were concerned for everyone's safety when they heard that Otis Campbell, the town drunk, had purchased an automobile. And they were so sure that he would eventually drive while intoxicated that um, Deputy Fife started kind of following him around. And one night, Otis just passed out on his car. And so they took Andy and Barney, uh, took Otis back to his cell where he could just pass out there. And so, of course, he falls down on the bed and passes out. And then, while he's laying there or lying there asleep or just you know in this drunken stupor, uh, they come in, throw water on him, which wakes him up. And as he begins to speak to them, they act like he doesn't exist. And you know what they do? Andy goes and gets his guitar and starts singing a lament about how sad they were that Otis had died in a car accident. And Otis was like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I, I didn't even mean, he even starts singing along with them this song of lament. And then he passes out because he's just so overwhelmed. Well, when he wakes back up, he looks at them, and he says, uh, he he says uh, he speaks to them, and, and they're like, hey, Otis, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? He said, I had this horrible dream, and I was dead, and we were singing, and went through all this stuff. And ultimately, uh, he said, I'm so glad I sold that car yesterday to so-and-so. You know? And so Andy and Barney were like, oh, my goodness, this car's gone. It was already gone. But here's the thing. Everybody's celebrating in Israel. Everybody is, they're singing songs of how good they're doing. Everybody's high-fiving each other about how strong they are and how wealthy they are and how good they are in their religion. And then Amos shows up with his guitar and begins to sing a lament. And he says, oh, Israel, who thinks they're doing so great, they're dead. And you have to say, whoa, what happened? They appear to be so alive, but they're dead. They are dead in their trespasses and sins. And one day they're going to soon face the judgment of God. And everybody's like, what? So, okay, that's where we are in Amos. Let's look at it, and I want you to see a couple more things here. Look at chapter uh, 5, verses 1 through 17. This is like a chiastic structure. I want you to see it. You'll notice it. Uh, if you've studied much uh, in biblical uh, studies, you know that there are chiasms, and they' like a, it's a framing of uh, the text in a way where the first line corresponds with the last line, the second line with the next to the last line, until the center is the message. Kind of at, it's the heart of the message, you might say. So I want you to look at that real quick. Verse one through three, you see the lament. And then verse 16 and 17, a lament over their death. The second thing, B, you might say in an outline, is a call to seek God and live in verse 4 through 6. And then in 14 and 15, which would be the B on the bottom half there, would be called to seek God and live. And then C, there's an accusation of no justice in verse 7. And in verse 10 through 13, an accusation of no justice. And then in the center is a hymn to Yahweh. So you, you just that's important, just for you to see it when you're reading it. And sometimes you might not see it, but you might, if you were reading along, you would say, he just like, he basically lamented their death. And then at the end you say, oh, he lamented their death. And so again, that's why we poke, uh, uh, like, took part in like this this particular study in this way is just kind of seeing that on display so here we go seek God and live That's the heart of what we're doing and we start out and we're just going to look at those sections verses 1 through 3 and uh, verse 5 verse 7 verse 10 through 13 and then 16 and 17 and we're just going to say those who reject the Lord they're they're dead like regardless of how religious they are they're dead Regardless of how well they seem to be doing, they're dead. Those who do not seek the Lord are dead. So I want you to see that, verse 1 through 3. Hear this word. Again, that's repeated. Uh, that's a phrase repeated. That I take up over the, uh, uh, over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen, no more to rise. Again, they're doing so well. They're doing so well. Fallen, no more to rise is the virgin Israel forsaken on her land with none to raise her up she's been taken out she's been given like this uh, death blow for thus says the lord god the city that went out a thousand shall come back a hundred left and that which went out a hundred shall come back ten left so it's the idea of they are totally knocked down totally destroyed in the sense of like never to rise again and the nation will never rise again. It hasn't happened yet, but he is speaking, uh, and when Amos speaks and says, this is true, uh, it is important to understand that it will come to pass. Look at verse 16 and 17. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, in all the squares there shall be wailing, in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas, they shall... Call the farmers to mourning and to wailing those who are skilled in lamentation, and in all vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. What is he saying? He is saying, The people out in the fields, the farmers, they are wailing. The people that are professional mourners in cities and towns, they are wailing. The people that that are in vineyards in a different place, up in, maybe up in the hills a little bit. They're wailing. Nobody escapes. Everybody's wailing. Again, when they're looking at life, they're saying, No, everybody's smiling. Everybody's dancing. Why did he show up and sing such a horribly difficult, sad song? And yet, this lament is given to Amos by God to these people For them to see. Now, notice what happens. What, I mean, you kind of want to ask this. It's like in this text, verse um, 5, if they were to respond and say, Oh my goodness, we need our religion right, let's go clean up our lives. Like I heard that lament, sounded bad. Verse 5 says, Do not go to Bethel, Gilgal, and Beersheba don't go to those places those are three major religious sites as you know in Christian history people love to go to religious sites they loved relics they love to go to places where they thought just get me there some of you would pick up right now take me there that place is right that place is good and you're like hold on just a second Do you think that that would change your standing before God? Like, what are you thinking? What he says is here, don't go to those places. Your uh, false religion or devotion to God is not going to save you. That's how he lays that out. So you can do some study on, we don't have time, I thought I would have more time, but uh, of each one of those places, but those were all very unique to Israel and it would be R- right for them to think oh these are special places with God but special places with God do not rescue you when you really need to be seeking God in the first place not those places verse seven just because we're trying to think about what's going on why are they dead uh, one their false religion is a reason but then it, it, you look at verse seven Oh, you turn justice to wormwood and cast down righteousness to the earth. This morning, which Anna's not going to like to hear, but uh, the boys wanted coffee from the, you know, little coffee maker, uh, what, Kerry? I don't even know. So anyway, so like uh, they want to make some coffee, and every one of them wanted coffee. I thought they were just going to want straight coffee, but they were like, no, it's too bitter. So get the little stuff, shake it in the coffee. So we everybody got just a little bit. Sam tasted a little bit, and he was like, it's still too bitter. I don't want any of that. And the other two was like, shake me a little more of that stuff in there. Let's stir it up because I want it to be sweet. Justice to them tasted bitter. Doing right was a bitter thing to them. It was like a bitter pill to swallow. They, they didn't like justice. They didn't like truth. They did not like the things that God liked. And here's what they did. Tasted justice. Oh, my goodness. Disgusting. Cast it down on the ground. I don't want any more of that. And trample it underfoot. Justice and righteousness to them was disgusting. Verses 10 through 13. How do you see that expressed? You say, well, those are big concepts. How do I see that expressed? Verses 10 through 13. They hate him who reproves in the gate and they abhor him who speaks the truth. That means like the places where people would come and speak to them about what would be the right way to deal with a circumstance? Which was the gate? It was the places, place where the leaders met, the the wise people met. When those people showed up to address issues in the life and the history of the Israel, uh, it, it, where you would, it, it was almost like, hey, we have a disagreement, we have some struggle, we can come here. When those people spoke to them righteous people if they were to speak to them it would make them spit it out and throw it down they abhor him who speaks the truth therefore because you trample on the poor you exact taxes of grain from him you have built houses of hewn stone but you shall not dwell in them you have planted uh, pleasant vineyards but you shall not drink their wine what what happened is not only are there judgments made there but also commerce is there and in every way they've kind of corrupted things um I, I want you to notice just kind of continuing on verse twelve and thirteen, for I know how many your transgressions and how great your sins you afflict the righteous who would take a bribe and turn aside the needy in the gate, therefore he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time what 's he saying he's saying in 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 this time period in the, in what's going on here, you guys who think you're so because you have like a really beautiful homes and because you have really beautiful worship and because you have like um, a lot of power, you think that God is pleased. But God can see that when it meets to the on the ground floor of life, he can see the gate. He can see the place where things are decided. He can see the place where things are purchased. He can see what you're doing in both cases. And you can go and worship all you want. I can't. He can't stand you. And he must judge you. That, that's what he's saying. And so what is Amos doing? He's saying, first of all, let me strum the guitar and sing to you not a song of rejoicing of all the blessings of God, but to say to you, you are as good as dead. And then he says, as you move forward, and as you're thinking about this, is those who seek the Lord will live. Look at verse 4 to 6. For thus says to the, uh, the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. But do not seek Bethel and do not enter Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and it devour with none to quench it for Bethel. So what's he saying? Turn away from your empty religion and turn to the Lord. Turn to him with a trusting heart. Turn to Him in a way that would bring honor and glory to His name. Seek the Lord. Actually seek the Lord. For some of you, maybe you say, I grew up in a Christian home. I've got the whole religion thing down. I've got all that. I don't, But I don't know that I've ever really sought the Lord. It's never been about the Lord. It's been about me. Everything in my life is about me. If I'm honest, it's all about me. I, I, when I thought about like getting saved, it was about me. When I thought about uh, coming to church, it's about me. When I think about tithing, it's about me. When I think about serving, it's about me. Everything in my life is about protecting me and to make sure that I've covered all my bases. And here's what he's saying. You can do all that stuff, but he sees into the heart. And if it's about self and not about God, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not seeking him and His judgment will fall on you. So, verse 14 and 15. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will will be with you as you have said. So they may have said over and over to themselves, Oh, God is with us. God is for us. God is doing this. God has blessed us. And He says, look, if you really want to be under the blessing of God... Seek good and not evil. Verse 15, hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant. That some of you might be saved. That, that's kind of the, the, a big picture thing here to say, listen, again, it's not the false religion that he wants. He wants your heart and he wants your actions. He wants them to meet on the day-by-day actions that you're doing like every day with people that can do nothing to fight against you. He wants you to treat them rightly. He wants you to welcome the truth. He wants you to love and cherish the truth. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that is very religious, but when you start talking about the Lord... They glaze over it, and you think for a moment, do we need to go get some kind of smelling sauce to wake them up again? Because they're dead. That's what it feels like. You're like, hey, why don't you want the truth? Why don't you love the truth? Why don't you want to breathe that in? Why do you never want to talk about that? Why does it not any part of your life? Why because you just want to be right with god so you don't get in trouble you don't want god you don't love to think on the things of god you don't delight in him and you don't really care about anybody else in the world all you care about is getting what you want and that's god is just another pawn to get what you want And all you really want is for you to be king and to God to be forgotten. But you would never say that because that might lead to trouble with God. That's kind of what's going on in Amos. Micah says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? Again, (laughs) think of the most religious man you know. Do justice. Love kindness. Love kindness. Love kindness. And then to walk humbly. With your God. To walk humbly with your God. That is, with your head down, knowing He has shown nothing but mercy to me, but with your heart warmed because He has shown nothing but mercy to me. Seek God and live. Those who reject him are dead. Those who seek the Lord will live. And those who ignore the message here will do so at their own peril. Right? Look at verse 8 and 9. The song to the Lord is He who made the. I always, I can't ever say this right. (laughs) Pleiades. Does that sound good? Y'all feeling that? And Orion. And turns deep darkness into morning. And darkens the day into night. Who calls for the waters of the sea. And pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. Who makes destruction flash forth against the strong. So that destruction comes upon the fortress. So what does he say? The Lord who reigns. The Lord who reigns over the seasons, the constellations, which would they would help them understand the, the year, the new year, the changes of the seasons. The, in an agricultural society, you're constantly thinking about all those things. So the Lord who reigns over that, the, the Lord that you depend upon to can keep all of those things happening, The Lord who watches over the day and the night. The Lord who is in control of the waters, the rain, and the withholding of rain. The one who is in control of all of that, who is all-powerful over all of that. And the one, you'll notice here, who is controlling the earthly powers The nations, who is in control of whether you're destroyed or not. As we saw earlier in Amos, if a city is crushed, is it not the Lord who did it? The one who's in charge of the earth and governing over it. This Lord, you ignore him, you will not escape. This is a wonderful chapter. Don't think that your power, that your money, or your religion will save you. Because if you are trusting in those things to save you, they will not. God can see behind the curtain to your heart and whether or not you are seeking Him and loving your neighbor. He knows whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and whether you love your neighbor as yourself. He knows that. He knows whether you truly love His Son or pursuing Him and you're loving His church and you're seeking to walk in an obedient way not so you can get something from Him i.e. heaven i.e. more wealth. Not so you can get something from Him, but because you want Him. In John it says, this is eternal life, that you may know Him. It's a shocking thing to think that you could spend your whole life surrounded by spiritual things, doing a lot of them, and hearing on that day, depart from me, for I never knew you. Seek the Lord today, that you may live. That you may live. That you may live let's pray father thank you for your word may you help us see what it means to walk with you may we love you because you are who you are and may we love our neighbor created in your image Christ's name. Amen. If you would stand with me at this time.